All right. Welcome back to another episode of Meet Your Twitter Friends. I am Josh Hancher, part of Dog Central, and I have my good and dear friend, Nathan Lawrence, and his partner, uh, Ross Rutledge. And these guys, uh, if you don't know uh, what Nathan does, and he and his partner, um, co-host Justin Bray, they put on a great podcast called The Chapel Bell Curve. So I don't want to tell you to stop doing what you're doing right now, because I do want you to stick around and listen to this. But at the end of this, the very least, I'm in, you must go listen to Friday's pod that just dropped because it's got Ross, Justin, and Nathan breaking down. What we're going to talk about even more is the CBC R2 data modeling for college football. It's a great episode. You're going to learn a lot. And it's um, and then also, subscribe, pound that subscribe button for Chapel Bill Curve because you're going to be there all season long, updating not only these stats, but also breaking it down. And it's a great podcast. I love it, guys. So thank you, guys. Welcome. Thanks for having us. While we're pimping, yeah. while we're pimping stuff, you know, you're gonna see uh, Ross's website, R2. Uh, tell me, R2 Metrics Analytics. Tell me what it is, Ross. It's R2SportsMetrics.com. R2SportsMetrics.com, and that's where you do not only college football work but also NFL stuff. And uh, we're going to talk about the model that you guys have been working on. I believe you guys started mid-season last year, or even before that. Yeah, uh, mid, mid to late mid season. season. Last year. So it's yeah. and th- these guys are getting together and do you, we should shout out some of the guys because this is a collaborative effort of what Ross does and what the Discord family at Chapel Bell Curve is doing. So is there any shout outs we want to talk about that who aren't with us besides Justin, the Justin Bray? Uh, yeah, we've had a lot of help from Ryan Moore, who is another one of our Patreon guys on the Discord who has done a lot of stuff with the more uh, programming side of this, uh, getting the I'm in, in, in implementing some features on Ross's website. Uh, I think we have two very smart people. I, uh, Dr. Steven Shaduin is on there. And then who else is on there, Ross? Uh, Dr. Steven, Steven Joyner, two Dr. Stevens uh, also uh, contributed a lot of advice along the way. Yeah. See, yeah. Liz, these are doctors. These are not just idiot dudes with a Twitter handle like me. So what they're doing is pretty cool. Um, and I believe we're all Georgia fans, but we're trying to take our, what any sports and analytics do, does is try to take your head out of or take your heart out of it and use data scientists. Now, what I do is I report stats and yeah, sure. I can cook up some things, but really all I have the time and ability to do is just explain them, show them and possibly show trends. What any models do, whether it's, you know, the SP plus from Bill Connolly uh, free mouths or any of these you know if you follow ed to, at the power rank what they're trying to do is not only measure the past but also project the future and also not only say well this team has this stat and this that team has this stat but it's actually putting points on there phil still does it in yards per point there's different ways so and i know what you talk about with with bill Connolly's five you know factors in college football with uh, which I talk about a lot and I'm sure you're versed with if you're following and listening to this podcast of explosiveness, you know, um, uh, efficiency, uh, field position and all that. But talk about what yours is, what you guys cooked in there. I don't want you guys to give away any trade secrets or anything, but just briefly cr- give us a, a brief crash course in what the CBC R2 is, is cooking up. Sure. Yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll have you happily step in there. Um, uh, and this is something that, that we went over on the uh, podcast that we published recently at, at uh, Chapel Bell Curve. Uh, our model is very similar to those other models. Uh, we take 
a slightly different approach than than Bill Connolly, though we control for or we include all of the information that that Bill uh, Connolly does. Uh, we include a little bit more than he does. We have a few other factors that we uh, uh, include in in our uh, model as predictors. Um, and when we do that, it tells us a simpler story than um, what what Bill Connolly tells in his five factors. It's not to say that there aren't five factors, but there to me there are there are three factors that scream out, and then there are a lot of also things that that make that that you know nibble around the edges of of explaining some of the um, differences between teams uh and the first uh uh category of variables that are important are efficiency so these these include or what we're trying to capture here i guess at first is that we're trying to capture how efficiently a team moves the ball down uh the field and gets themselves in position to score and uh, we've got a number of variables here that capture this effect, but the one that, that sort of uh, provides the most signal and the least noise is uh, what's called the echo rate ratio or the opportunity rate. I, I, I prefer to call it the opportunity rate because it makes a little bit more sense. Um, this is essentially how many, uh, the percentage of drives, of a team's drives that end up uh, within uh, 40 yards of the opposing teams as well. Uh, and so this is that is a drive that it pushes that far down the field uh, is an opportunity to score. So uh, the, the first category is how well does your team put yourself uh, in, uh, give yourself a, an opportunity to score? Uh, and then the second is you know, exactly as, as Bill Connolly suggests, uh, is finishing drives. Um, that is, is very important. And the variance in the in teams of efficiency in this uh, area of the field explains a lot of uh, the variance in performance that you see in, in teams. Uh, and so by that, I mean, the, the good teams separate themselves from the mediocre teams and the uh, and the elite teams separate themselves from the good teams uh, in the opportunity zone. Uh, and the most important variable here, uh, and, and really the only one to to think about, is points per opportunity. So how so? You, you, first, you got to get down there, uh, and then uh, how well do you convert once you get there? Uh, yeah, and that's so yeah. That's putting touchdowns on the board and not field goals and not turning the ball over. And I can see and maybe that the 40 yard line is an interesting number that you you brought up because that's if you look at if you really look at the EPA or the projected points added per play, that's right where numbers really start to I don't know if they're not logged by any stretch, but they really start to increase from a positive or neutral, you know, expectancy to a very positive one. So again, this is and that that number is coming from a zillion plays in college football. So the good teams are going to get to the 40 and the great teams are going to score uh, at a higher rate. So that's, that's a pretty simple concept. And that's what I always say when people just say, I don't understand any of this. It's like, it's the same thing. It's just, it's the yeah. eye test. It's just a, it's a literally a mathematical formula for the eye test of watching football. Yeah. And I think you were amongst the chorus of, of folks uh, along, you know, along with, with Nathan and, and others uh, last year that were pointing out that Georgia's defense, while insane across the board, was most insane in the red zone. It was just 
incredible yeah. to watch. Like it, every time, like for instance, if you remember the Tennessee game, when Tennessee got down uh, into the red zone, they scored on their first opportunity. Uh, but then for the rest of the game, it was they they did create more opportunities, but it was insane how much we just we would push them back. Even they would gain fewer yards. Uh, that was the the game that I think uh, Channing Tindall got a, a fumble recovery. There were several sacks in the it, once uh, uh, Tennessee got to the red zone, and we were just lights out, incredible. I mean, we could pull the data, but I'm almost certain that over the last eight or nine years, the Georgia red zone defense was was vastly the best by far. And to and to add on to kind of something you just said, Josh, I think like the sort of history of CBCR2 was that it really started out as all of us just talking about what are the factors that matter the most, right? Because there are a lot of numbers and there's a lot of like learning to program in R, SPSS, but really at the end of the day, it's just here are the things that matter. Here's how we can prove that they matter. And then the big hump is here's how we can find the data for the past billion college football plays to make sure that our that what we think is right, right, and and the difference between what we have, what we're going to talk about today with CBCR two and what we have coming up with CBCR Sam is that Sam uses machine learning, uses like an algorithm to decide what is important. Um, right. Okay. So machine learning is a whole other topic for another day, but I am <laughs> curious, it, it, and I am. I'm not in this field, but it, there is a mixed bag on on uh, machine learning. Am I wrong in that statement that people I've heard? I, and my and my preface for that is like I've always heard Rufus Peabody talk about it, and he is reluctant about you know using machine learning. But it's obviously an incredibly powerful tool. That yeah, you're not going to be able to go do this on your own. But I do want to talk about sort of what the 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 average fan can do and to broaden their horizons and, and, and look at the game uh, through this and possibly make their own power ratings. Right. Okay. Uh, and then just to uh, briefly summarize the, the end, the, the last category of important variables to CBCR2 that we found are, are just the big plays. Explosiveness, uh, expected points added is included in our model and does a big, uh, does uh, plays a, another big, a, a big role in capturing the, the big home run plays that happen from anywhere on the field, not just, uh, uh, the red zone or the opportunity zone. Do you find those predictable or, or I mean, obviously they have to be some sort of mm-hmm. predictable because it, you know, it's yeah. otherwise you're just very, that's interesting. Cause I, I've always thought of those home run plays, you know, as, you know, almost like unpredictable or turnovers, uh, which are totally luck as, as I think, I don't know about luck, but certainly high variance on them. Yeah, there is high variance, but they do they do provide some uh, signal, and they they do provide some uh, a strong signal uh, mm-hmm. in separating uh, uh, teams. I think uh, I think the two are similar in the sense that you can't, you know, I, I think Bill Connolly I think is a person who always says that you basically recover about fifty percent of the opportunities for turnovers that you create. Right. So like for every fumble, two fumbles you create, you recover one of them on average. And so that is the unpredictable, you know, that is the unpredictable nature of turnovers. But you can train a you can train defense to better cause opportunities for turnovers. And I think sort of like explosive plays are similar. Right. Like when you have a cornerback and a wide receiver going up to high point a ball, 
that might be a 50 50 play but the ability to put the wide receiver in the position to high point the ball the ability to deliver the ball accurately you know the ability to scheme open that moment and to block that moment that is predictable right, right. and I, I guess i should say uh statistically uh at least for those those listeners that have have training in this type of, of linear model like um you know the the thing that the reason i like the model that we ultimately selected for cbcr2 is because it does pass a lot of empirical tests that that you know you would apply in academia um and and, and that includes you know all of our our uh co- the coefficients on our variables have the theoretically correct sign you know we're not showing net that things have a negative sign when they should have a positive uh, and most of them are statistically significant, and 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 many of them are highly highly so. Um, okay, so yeah, this is awesome. And so, what the CBCR two is going to give you is just a one to one thirty one or one thirty seven. How many FBS teams? I'm assuming, and just a power rated rank. And right now, you've got yeah. and it, you and I don't again. I really would in, in, implore you guys to go listen to the latest episode of Chapel Bell Curve because they go into this. But you. Everyone's got the same kind of data right now, preseason-wise. So your y'all's um, r- rankings is not much different than what you would see in, in just about anybody that's trying to rate the, the the top fifty teams or whatever. That's right. Yeah, our our ratings are, are pretty uh, uh, similar to and consistent with uh, most other major outlets that provide these type of, of projections. Uh, right now, we have Georgia on top, but it's essentially a tie. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a, essentially a three-way tie between Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama. And I kind of have a sneaking uh, suspicion that that's going to flip. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we're still um, – our final uh, preseason ratings will come out when uh, the uh, 24-7 uh, uh, talent index finally lands. And that usually happens within a week of the season. So um, we'll update it then. That's awesome. So yeah, be following Dog Quant, be following Chapa Belker, be listening to him, you'll get those updates. So, um, you know, it, what we're talking about, as I was touching on, is a power rating system. So if if I'm not by any stretch trying to tell anyone to go and bet any money that they don't have to lose or if they want to dabble in it, but I think it's important, you know, sure, you can just, you know, look at some of the old things, you know, like home dogs, you know, home underdogs and, you know, Uh, It's raining. You can sort of look at that. You can go and try to pick out your games, but I would encourage you to really listen to what these guys are saying, read the stats, follow the, and and sort of kind of come up with your own power rating system instead of just saying, well, you know, Nebraska is something, something over the last 20 years. I mean, that none none of that factors into who's going to, and how many points they're going to score against, you know, Northwestern and Ireland in a couple of weeks. It doesn't matter what they did even five years ago. I mean, it, it's just important to come up. So if you were, if you could just say, what, I mean, you've talked about the five ratings. Is there anything you get to point to somebody that, that wants to sort of kind of make their own power ratings or what kind of things that you haven't already talked about, or, or can you give somebody a jumping off point, I guess is what I'm trying to say on, on, and yeah. And, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, in the type of modeling like like CBCR2 um, and and let's say we're, we're starting with people who are starting from scratch uh, you'll there are several tools that you'll need um, you'll need to it to have a basic understanding of linear regression modeling and and specifically 
multiple uh, multivariate uh, linear regression modeling. Uh, the the most or, or the simplest form of this is called uh, ordinary least squares. Uh, so that's that's where you Google. That's where you start. You might want to take a class. Um, you know, I I have my personal background is I have a, a master's in public policy and administration from the University of Georgia, where I studied this type of modeling. Uh, and I also have a master's of science in applied economics from Johns Hopkins University, uh, where I studied this even more and in, in more depth. Um, and, uh, the, and and neither CBCR2 or our forthcoming models are, are ordinary least squares, but that's where you start. Um, and then if you're if you're interested in taking a step further, you um, you look into uh, some of the more uh, data science type models like machine learning um, and uh, and and go from there. There are just an infinite number of of different types of machine learning models now. I think the data science folks, they must uh, uh, get PhDs when they develop. Uh, a new a new way to do this type of stuff, and I certainly am not a data scientist, uh, a data science person. I'm an economist, and I'm, I, there's a certain method to uh, uh, the type of statistical work that we do in the in the field of economics. Um, but uh, it there it's a constantly evolving field, uh, and you start from there. But essentially, you you've all taking a stack class where you learn linear regressions it's it's simply uh finding the best fit model by minimizing the error uh it's a linear model you know you, you probably learned it in high school uh where you're you're looking at the impact of x on y and you're using stats to do that uh and in this case for most for the most part you're using as a dependent variable points um and you're going to uh then find out how use some predictive uh gather some data i recommend uh, collegefootballdata.com or cfd fast r uh and uh you find ways to predict points uh and then you start from there and you're going to run into a whole host of issues but you'll have to work through them eventually but in college football uh most of these models have to find a way uh, to distinguish a, a very powerful team in a weak conference from a very powerful elite team like like Georgia or Alabama, and in the most case, in most cases, you use the simple rating system, which is a uh, it's it's essentially a system of equations approach that uh, where you know you've got we've got 131 teams, you've got 131 uh, teams to find uh, uh, or equations and 131 unknowns uh you're probably going to want to learn some matrix algebra to be able to, to to do that uh but there are other approaches as well uh to find ways to uh opponent adjust essentially the the raw output of your model um and yeah, yeah i mean I, exactly everything is important to some sort of base level you know, like, and you guys describe it, and I believe Bill Connolly and a lot of teams against the average team, like X points will be scored by this team against the average team. Do you happen to know, is there a team like that shows up on your list or is, it, is, is the average team just a number? So the team that approximates the average team at this point, let's see. It'll be interesting to find out. Who they are. Western uh, Michigan and Louisiana, it looks like to me. Oh, you're no. going by the... I, the I, yeah. 
So I, I've got Rutgers as the team that's the closest. To oh, the yeah, yeah. No, I got to yeah. see that. Yeah, East Carolina and Rutgers, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. interesting because you, if any any college football fan can tell that this – now that's a linear, right? That's a linear scale, right? So Rutgers is right in the XY center plot, right? It's not a log scale, right? So – but yeah. – if you were to plot them all, the power five is going to be in the, in the toe, in the top of that, that curve or that line. Right. So, yeah. so the difference between, you know, what's the difference between like an old miss and a, and a, you know, cow, you know, I mean, obviously this is what the ratings are going to tell you specifically, but it's, it's just interesting to know that, you know, if, if it's, it's very interesting for me to, to, cause you're really, I mean, again, you, you don't have to tell, look at anything other than the college football lines. You obviously you're looking at the week one line. There's a ton of big, big uh, favorites out there, but there's some teams that are, you know, like, you know, a touchdown, I mean, a, you know, a field goal or less, which is that, that market's always going to somehow be the best is the Vegas lines. The Vegas line is, is what I call uh, the, what I would assume to be the sharpest. Uh, what the what models like ours, like CBCR2 does uh, do, is uh, allow you to compare um, uh, teams for which there are no lines presently available. So you can look at what I, why I think it's fun is you can look ahead and you mm-hmm. can see how how Georgia's going to look at uh, look like against Florida this year. And like for instance, we've got them by uh, Georgia by fifteen right now, uh, and we've got Georgia yeah. over Oregon by fourteen ish. Right, so we we actually the CBCRT right now does not think that that Georgia will cover that eighteen point spread. Yeah, so. and and I I think too like there is a lot of usefulness to these kinds of models and to our model outside of betting. I'm not a betting guy because I'm a public school teacher, and I am not an idiot. So, but you know, if it was, it's can it's for other people, and that's great. But I, I think it's the kind of thing where. Anything that you are enthusiastic about, like a greater understanding that is past just like your intuitive thoughts and like, you know, physical experiences makes it more enjoyable to me, you know? I mean, and so you and I are very similar in that respect, Nathan, in that yeah. I, I just like knowing it for learnings, for, for knowledge yeah. sake. But I, I will say too, from a betting perspective, there are, there is some, this is probably the wrong term, but like, there's a little bit of game theory going on here too, like, because you like the line the the vegas line is the sharpest line but it's also influenced by vegas's desire to make money right and so not that you know you can ever really beat vegas in the traditional sense vegas is tries to be very accurate with their lines but you know the lines move and there's concepts like closing line value right where if you make a bet early in the week and then the line moves to the way that you bet then that's probably you know being influenced by either, you know, probably sharps, right? Like you want to get closing line value there. And so there are some things you can do with numbers like these. I think that where you can find, I don't want to say inefficiencies, but just like little pockets of margins, you know? Yeah. yeah and, and what's interesting is you guys are not in it really selling picks. You're doing it for knowledge sake. And I would just say, and I've learned, I listen to a lot of sports betting podcasts. Anybody that's selling picks, if you're willing to pay money for someone to tell you what to do, you're throwing money away. That would be my little PSA is that anybody that can beat and the market is not going to, you're not going to know them because they're going to be beating the market. So they're not, they don't need to make money selling picks because they're going to make money in Vegas. So um, 
you know, I, I love that what you just said, Nathan. That's exactly kind of how I feel. But on the flip side, Nathan, public school teachers and you know, risk adverse people that do want to test their skill. You're talking about collegefootballdata.com. Uh, they actually have a a mock uh, sports book. You can go, you sign up, and it's actually I think it's through College Football Reddit too. But they'll give you a thousand fake dollars, and you can bet. So if you want to play around with it, with absolutely totally free, you can have some fun with it and just see. And you guys should probably do that too, uh, through cut Chapel Bell Curve and just sort of. I, I think we're we're gonna do. There's a I forget who runs it, but there's an actual metrics competition, right? Yeah. Uh, predictive competition that we're gonna be doing. What what who who runs that, Ross? Datable. Yeah, it's it's uh the, the same folks, CFBD or the college football data folks do it. Okay. Yeah, I, I you know I I don't give them enough credit, but I mean everything I try to pull together is almost always from them and they're super helpful they're super friendly they're they're guys just like you know we are we're just in a community of folks <laughs> just sharing stuff and they all have different jobs and it's just sort of out of a passion okay i know we got to get ross out of here in a few minutes but did we're yeah. talking about all this stuff let's talk about two uh two team two games coming up in week one and week two and let's just sort of kind of uh what what we can talk about the first game is one we're all interest lucharski had on the blog today um the florida utah game so it's one of the highlights of the the, uh, the week one um Pac-12 champion traveling to an SEC team at night, and the line I believe is right around two and a half points right now. So, one of you guys break it down from the CBCR2 uh, perspective. Wait, who's favorite though? Uh, uh, there is a road favorite. Utah is favorite by two and a half. Okay, Nathan, you you get the first right of first refusal. Uh, well, okay, so we. This is one that I think is an interesting, it's actually a really uh, illustrative example of the value of these numbers, right? So we have Utah as what, 12.92 points on average over the average team, and we have Florida as 9.4 points over the average team, right? Am yeah. I reading that? So that would that would give us like Utah by like three-ish. Um, so we would virtually right. be taking Utah to cover close if it's a two and a half point. It's it... on a neutral field. That's what we would do. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we would uh, roughly just since we're just ballparking it here, uh, you, you would uh, add two points to the Florida score uh, and to, to cover their home field advantage. Uh, so we would actually be taking uh, Florida against the spread, but Utah straight up by one point five. Yeah. But I think it's a this is an interesting example of like you don't. The point, and I would tell people who are new to the metric system, the point of this is not to just be like, that's the number, that's it. I mean, certainly, I think that when we have our next metric, CBCR SAM come out, R2 SAM come out, that like, you could do that because I think it's a much more, it's a very cutting edge model, and I think Ross has done a really good job with it. But there, I think that for a non, from a non-betting perspective, it is interesting to let these novel or to let these models influence what you think about games, like. My first reaction about Utah going to Florida is Utah is, I don't use a bad word, but like Utah like will crush you. They will grind you into pace. That is their their basic modus operandi as a team. And it has been for like 20 years with Kyle Whittingham. And Florida is going to a new scheme where, you know, under Billy Napier, where they are going to try to ground a pound, but they don't really have the guys to do it, right? So like my instincts would tell me, that Utah has a chance to go in here, and if they get up early, just absolutely grind Florida into a paste, right? But 
I have to like balance that with like, oh, well, do I just hate Florida? And I want <laughs> that to happen. You know what I mean? So like, this is like an instance where I'm more likely to say like, okay, well, maybe it's a close game and Utah wins close because they have a more established system and that makes more sense. And it kind of helps me like, like grind out my biases. Yeah, like, that, that's that's a good, that's how I like to look at it too. It's like, you know, and I actually went on Blutarski and on Twitter last night and said, you know, I looked at the three-year averages for yards per uh yards per play net and you know uh, you know i have this thing i'm kind of goofing around with called uh points per successful successful play which basically says you know it's kind of like a like an actual explosive points as opposed to explosive metric or whatever so it's just basically just how many points you're scoring and how many successful plays you have on offense and they're right they're neck and neck for the last three years yeah um and you know in fact florida has under underproduced based on its sort of the statistical profile that i've that i've seen of because I mean, dan mullen is a poor program builder <laughs> there's <laughs> we could we we got a whole five weeks to talk about it okay so you're you guys are basically on market with that with that number right there yeah so uh i guess i'll add a couple of things um yeah let's as, as we said the, the the sharpest projection is uh is the vegas line uh it, it always has been um i've i've got a blog post up on rt sports metrics uh, that, that suggests that. And I, I would encourage people to, if you are interested in gambling, uh, to read this, that post. It's called R2 Sports Metrics Philosophy. The reason, the, 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 the exact reason why uh, the opening spread, it, which is a statistical projection, uh, is so much better than every other uh, line out there, is still a little unknown like we don't know exactly what they're doing it, they would and they have a uh, good reason to keep that uh you know under wraps um but any projection system has to deal with what's called the bias the bias variance inflation trade-off what essentially that, what i'm saying is that whoever's building that system and running those numbers uh must be excluding some information that might be helpful but in the end make the projection system a little bit less efficient um and what we do and what I, what I, my NFL model R2 Roy does and what CF, uh, uh, CBC R2 Sam is going to do is include a lot of information that they probably leave out. Uh, and that's why uh, I believe that uh, the, the models I create are going are gonna to be the spread. Um, and, but Sam is kind of doing what Nathan just did, which is like, this is what the numbers say, but I know that they've got a new coach. You know, I know that Florida's got a new coach, and new coaches usually have to – they're in their first season. Uh, there's a little bit of a rebuilding effort. Uh, there's a new system, and the players have to adapt to it. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Some of these, these factors tend to point more in Utah's favor, even if we're – even if, if R2 uh, – TBC R2 is saying that Florida should be there. And that's the type of uh, – uh, or that Florida should be the pick. Uh, and that's the type of, of thinking that, that people have to, to do if they, if they are going to start putting money on, on games. Um, yeah, so. you, you got you got to have some qualitative and quantitative stuff when you're, yeah. when you're doing that. Okay, uh, Roth, I appreciate your time. But if I can get the – we talked about the UNC uh, app state, which is – this is another interesting – I just pulled these two out because I find them interesting. But, but they're both home uh, – road favorites or home dogs. Uh, app state is hosting – North Carolina week two and in line, I believe is around two and a half. Yeah. So, so this is great because it's power five versus group of five. And, um, and it's a, a road uh, power five traveling to 
the group of five team and their favorite on the road. So how can, before you go, let cook us up some yeah. numbers for that one. I, I'm really glad you picked this one. Uh, and we were talking before the show because I grew up a huge Eels fan. I was I'm from North Carolina. So for me, college basketball was king and I didn't follow college football that much. And then when I went to Georgia for grad school, I fell in love and I've actually come to uh, uh, almost disown my, my fandom of, of UNC and I have a particular uh, place in my heart for the for the App State Mountaineers. Uh, so uh, go Nears in this game. That's who I will be pulling for. Uh, but th- we've got a, a razor sharp uh, projection on on this one in terms of how close it is. Uh, but here we'll start first with our ratings. Uh, North Carolina is uh, seven nine six, so they're eight points better than the average team. And then App State is 4-3-4. They're four points better than the average team. Uh, but they've got home field advantage, so that brings it to uh, the, the prediction of, uh, of essentially 1.5 points for North Carolina. So North Carolina by 1.5. That's pretty close to on market there. I mean, I think anything around a, a point is, you know, you're you're not not a good number to bet. Um, you, know, no. you know, like we keep saying, the Vegas is the sharpest line. Well, then, you know, but you can do kind of some qualitative massaging of that too. Like, like for instance, one of the things that makes you makes people frustrated about Georgia hiring Stacey Stirls is that North Carolina had a really bad offensive line last year, like trash fire, bottom 10 offensive line of the power five. Right. And so the question is, if your usual, if your usual heuristic is generally speaking, power five teams outperform G five teams because of line play right? That affects what you think about the game. If you think coming in that North Carolina's offensive line will continue to be two raccoons having sex in a dumpster, right? And so, <laughs> so I think yeah. what, I w- what I would tell people is like to really reemphasize what Ross said, even though we really do, I, I think Ross is smarter than me and Ross got on my discord and was like, I want to do this thing. And I was like, sure, man. And then I've just tried to help as much as I can. But I really do believe in the model, and I think that the model that we have, especially when we get Sam going, is going to be really good. But still, if you're going to put your money on it, you have to have a certain amount of contextual understanding of what's going on in the game and contextual understanding for just sort of like the the rhythm of college football and some of these heuristics. Because, like, yes, models are supposed to train out the bias and heuristics and give you a more impartial sort of take. But, like, ultimately, if your money is on the line, I really, I think it's it's silly to just be like, oh, that's the number, let's go, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, if, for instance, as an example, if 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 if, if I may, I um, R two Roy, when it disagrees with Vegas by more than five, uh, pred- uh, picks winners at fifty seven percent. And in the first week of the NFL season, one of those uh, projections is Denver versus Seattle. But I'm not going to gamble on that game because I know that Russell Wilson is no longer on the Seahawks and is, in fact, on the Denver Broncos. So that's a game to stay away from. You, you, you have to do your research and not just rely on projections. Guys, I could do this all afternoon. I appreciate your time. Um, I probably have some more questions, but I might uh, do that in a, a spaces or just blow you up on Twitter and stuff. And you can follow Russ at DogQuant, D-A-W-G, Quant. And you tell us your website again. R2sportsmetrics.com. 
And then Nathan is the host of the at Chapel Bell Curve is their at on Twitter. And they, you can find them on all your podcast platforms at Chapel Bell Curve. And, and on also, Patreon. And on Patreon, I was going to say. So these people that want to follow uh, CBC are Sam. How do they do that? Uh, follow the website. Follow uh, the Twitter feed. Follow uh, and subscribe to the, the podcast. We'll, we'll make it known once it's ready. Yeah. We're going to, the the tentative plan, and obviously Ross has a real job and a family, so this isn't going to be, uh, you know, this not necessarily going to be entirely consistent, but we, we're really going to try to have Ross in every preview midweek podcast where we talk about the games. Uh, if you want, like, really deeper access, Ross is on our Discord all the time, and anytime he has a thought that is smart, he will put it in our stats channel, and then the rest of us will go, oh, Wow. You're and, so much smarter than us, Ross. And and you can get on the Chapel Bell Discord for how much, Nathan? A single dollar a month, my boy. Patreon.com forward slash Chapel Bell Curve. All right. Thank you, guys. That These guys, follow them on Twitter. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Ross. And with that, uh, we'll hopefully talk again this week, but certainly uh, anybody that's watching this is going to find you guys at those places. So we appreciate it. Go dogs. Yeah. Go dogs. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Go dogs. <laughs>